What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the High Performance Agents Podcast. My name is Taj Howell. I'm an IFBB pro. I'm a peak performance expert. I'm a real estate investor, and I've helped countless agents get in the best shape of their lives, elevate their mindsets to never-before-seen levels, and ultimately increase their GCI production and performance overall. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Here today, we're going to be discussing Paul Ritsuna, how to deliver bad news, Paul, let's bring it home. All right. Thank you for the uh, introduction and hello to everybody who's already seen us and everybody new. So number one, how to deliver bad news. First and foremost, rule number one, never do it over an email. Don't do it over a text message. You de- like This is something that you do in person or this is something that you do over the phone. Right. More personal. You know, it's just... Um, so yeah, this is a little distracting. I got to move the clubhouse. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so essentially, you know, bottom line is it's more personal. You don't want to deliver something important. And this goes for anything in life. Anything important should really be done or said in person or at least over the phone. Um, again, like we touched base upon, it's more personal. Uh, number two, tone is important. And you can't read somebody's tone like they can't read your tone. And it's going to be hard for you to read their tone if it's done through text messaging. So with text, you know, it's kind of skewed uh, because of whatever mood you're currently in or however you're currently feeling or what's going on, it's going to affect the way you interpret what you're reading, right? So if you're in a good mood, it's going to seem good. If you're in a bad mood, the same way you read something, it dramatically affects how you interpret what you're reading. Right. Again, do it in person or do it on the phone. Okay. And again, this allows you to interpret their behavior because if you're just whamming somebody with some bad news over an email or a text message, they don't get to, you know, you can't really soften the blow. Right. And, and this is like, you know, so step one, have it in person or do it over the phone. So, you know, kind of step number two, how do you start the conversation? I always start the conversation with something like not an icebreaker, but a way to kind of let them know I'm delivering them, you know, bad news, but not saying, hey, I'm delivering you bad news, right? There's a million different <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. Well, there's so many different ways to say no, or so many different ways to project a message without having to say it exactly, you know, I don't wanna say cutthroat, but, you know, so direct that it's a hard impact, right? So for example, uh, you know, number one, you gotta tell the truth right in this in this process and what i usually start out by saying is hey how are you doing today you know kind of just feel them out see how they're doing and then say you know unfortunately i got some not so good news right so i'm like bad news not so good news right Right, right. believe it or not it does have an effect you know in in you know lessen the blow lessen the blow you lessen the blow but you got to be but you got to be truthful because if you start right. out with some like just chatter, right? Like, oh, hey, how's, you know, small talk. They're going to be anxious. You know, they know you're calling, right? They know you're wait- they're waiting on an offer that's been, accept- you know, is it whether it's accepted or not, or, you know, waiting on the results from a home inspection or whatever the scenario may be, right? So the third thing that I kind of touch base upon is like, how do you fire a client or, you know, or, you know, an agent that works for you if you're a broker, right? And again, these all this, these steps are the same, always the same. Number one, you got to be truthful. As soon as, you know, get them on the phone, as soon as you get them on the phone, you want to be direct. I, again, how are you doing today? You know, normally they know why you're calling. 
and it's, you know, again, it's unfortunately, you know, I've got some not so good news, but let's get through it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It depends on now, if they all of a sudden start talking right then and there, stop and listen. You don't want to talk over them. You want to allow people to kind of vent, say their things throughout this process. But I try to get through the, the, the delivery of the bad news. So unfortunately, you know, you know, so unfortunately, Susie or whoever, right? You know, unfortunately, offer was not accepted, you know, but as we discussed, right? So one thing I'm going to kind of rewind here in the same moment is anytime 100% across the board, I have a buyer putting in an offer. Doesn't matter the market. You know, it's something that in the behavior world you call preloading. You want to preload them to, to prepare them for one or two scenarios. And in this case, when you're putting in an offer, it's offer accepted or offered rejected, right? Not accepted. Right, right. So whenever we put in an offer, I always blatantly make it very clear in the, you know, in this environment, again, it's going to be multiple, you know, offers going on. This happening all over the country. You know, I listened to Daryl, you know, talking, he was saying something around like 40% of the buyers out there are cash right now. I mean, I didn't take the percentages here, but it's pretty incredible. So a lot of local buyers that have financing are having a very hard time and it's very frustrating for them. So ultimately from the very get-go, it's, they got, you got to make sure that they understand how the market is, which most do at this point. And you want to explain to them that, you know, the bottom line is this, if you don't try, you can't win. Step one, right. Step one of putting in an offer. Number two is, you know, you want to encourage them to put in their highest and best offer offer that they are comfortable with. Comfortable is the key here because you can be pre-qualified for a lot of money and it doesn't mean that you want to spend that or that you're comfortable spending that. So comfort is the number one key here. And so what I say is when they say, okay, pretend it's a $400,000 property and say they, okay, their highest and best they're comfortable with is is $10,000 over asking, right? Okay, so so that's a $410,000 offer. I do this 100% of the time. And I say, okay, so if, so if we find out in a month from now, two months from now, a week from now, a day from now, that, that, we, that our offer, you know, that A, your offer wasn't accepted over $500, are you willing to allow this house to go away over 500 bucks or $100 or $1,000? So you just... And, and I always remind them, remember, I'm not telling you to spend more money. I, and I always explain, because I've had this happen before, where I have this conversation and we go through the process where you say, you know, basically you're preloading them to be prepared if they lose it over a dollar. I mean, or, or right. I mean, you're not necessarily going to know the deposit amount, but when it closes, you're going to see what it closes for. And I've had clients in the past call me up, you know, and say, Paul, like we missed out on this property by a thousand bucks. Like we would have gone up a thousand dollars. What I can always go back to and say is, well, remember when we had the conversation? Right. At the time, you were not comfortable with that. Right. And by having this conversation, now they're prepared, right? And you've also preset expectations as well. That's it. You preset the expectations so that it's not they're not blindsided if they don't get accepted. You if when you, if you build up a buyer's expectation so high that that they are dreaming, praying, they, no matter what, they're going to get this. And all of a sudden they don't get it. Understand when people get emotional, you know, the, these things are very emotional, but when they get emotional, especially in an environment like this, where it's hard for buyers, sometimes they point the blame on you as an agent. 
Right. So, so I find it that they are allowed, they have a little more comfort and more feeling of being in control. The bottom line at the end of this is if I go through these theoretical scenarios while putting in an offer with them, they at the end of the day, and I even say this before, before the offer goes in, I say, even if your offer is not accepted, you can still sleep well at night because you know you put your best foot forward, you put in your highest and best that you're comfortable with, and that's all you can do. Right. You, you know, 100%. there's no hard yeah. feelings that way. Yeah. And, and when you have that conversation, you know, what I find is that they're a lot more understanding when you're having the conversation with them. So when you come back to tell them, unfortunately, this is what, this is what it is, you know, um, you know. The other thing too, is you, you, you claim responsibility from the start, right? Absolutely. And this is something that I say all the time. And that I believe that any success, any truly successful per person lives by that one must take full responsibility, full ownership, extreme ownership for everything that's happening around them, everything that's happening in their network, what happens to, for, against, or, or with their clients is that person's fault, that agent's fault. And so setting the tone for the relationship to be able to then position yourself in a way to be able to deliver good or bad news based on the way you started the conversation and started the relationship, that comes from responsibility and that's crucial. So I love that she said that. Yeah, exactly. And, and ultimately, even same if it's in negotiations or whatever, our, our job as agents is really delivering and transferring information through negotiations. I mean, obviously we write contracts and stuff, but we are not parties of the transaction. Like we're not on the, the purchase and sales agreement. You know I mean? We're not on the offer. These are, we are helping our clients get through this process. And what's very important is after you deliver the bad news, unfortunately, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it gives you, when, when you're doing this verbally, right, on the phone or in person, you can read their behavior and their tone. At that point, after I deliver the news, I stop, you know, now again, I'm understanding and I say, I understand this is tough. It's unfortunate, you know, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, and again, I usually pick up on tone and stuff from whoever I'm talking to. So it'll, the right, thing right. they say is a little different, yeah. but they're always forward thinking in a positive manner. They're always understanding. And you got to stop. And, and if they don't say anything, right, normally they'll start to talk and you got to stop talking and just listen to them and then give them positive kind of motivated feedback intermittently as they're, as they're kind of discussing what, what they're feeling. And if they don't say anything, because some people just don't say anything, then, then you, you, you ask them, you know, now that we've gone through this and explained X, Y, and Z, you know, what are your thoughts and how are you feeling right now? And then, yeah. and then you stop and listen because they're going to tell you if they're crushed, right? And if they're not, you're going to, it's going to be easy to tell, right? So, you know, when it comes to an offer, that's how I do it. We start, you start out, you normally I'll send them a text and say, hey, you know, do you, uh, do you have any time, you know, to, to talk, you know? Because I don't want to just blow, I want to prepare them by sending a message ahead of time to plan a time to talk, even if it's right now, it's not just a blindside phone call, right? And then you have the phone call with them. Right. I that makes total sense. I love that. I love it. So sorry, I, I hate to cut you off, but sure. I absolutely love that. I think that that's crucial, a crucial component of delivering any sort of news to anybody is 
setting a time to do it because then the person can run through all the different scenarios in their head, all of the different positives, all of the different negatives. They're not going to be as emotional and lessening the blow. So I love it. You, what you've essentially done is two things with this strategy. You've lessened the blow from setting the tone for the entire relationship and the entire experience working with you as a, as a, as an agent. Then what you've done is you've gotten the results, whether they're positive or negative, and you're also lessening the blow through setting a specific time to actually then deliver the news. Right. It's, it's, that's fantastic. I love it. And even if it, do you, in that text, do you usually give any sort of hints or is it just like, Hey, let's set a time, you know, when are you good to chat? So normally I don't, normally I don't, normally I'll just say, um, Hey, you know, um, are you free at all today to have, to have a chat? If you are, let me know what time works for you. Or, you know, it, de it depends on what it is. If it's an offer type thing, they, they know exactly what you're reaching out for, you know? So, you know, I don't want to give them too much because I want to do it on the phone, right? Or in person. I don't want to say, I want to talk about the offer. Right. I want to insinuate, hey, I've got some information for you so that we can do that 100% of it on the phone. They're kind of starting to be pre-ready for it, whatever's going on. In, with human behavior, reactions happen when something they feel is either unexpected or sudden. So that's what a pre, when you preload somebody, you're preparing them for different scenarios. So if they occur or when they occur, or if this happens, then this may happen. That means they've been able to plan ahead of time on how they might react or respond. Or right. so, so days prior, you know, I, as an agent, I try to get back to all offers within 24 hours. So if I'm the listing agent. So I try to make sure that, because it's stressful for buyers, it's very stressful for buyers to be hanging on to things. Now, if there's an offer deadline, of course, you know, if they put it in on a Friday and the offer deadline's on a Sunday, of course, we're not going to get back to them until Sunday. It just means they put the offer in early and, and uh, they're going to have to wait that a lot of time. Um, at the end of that conversation, and again, right now we're kind of sticking in the lane with an offer. You want to end it with words of encouragement. Like, you know, and again, remember, you did a great job. You put your best foot forward. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're amazing, you know, highly qualified, well-motivated, you know, blah, blah, blah type of buyer. Okay. Right, and right. as we know, this market is tough. Literally, I can say at this point, you know, there's, you know, there's an agent, and I believe Daryl's what, in Vegas, right? That, that yeah, yeah Daryl's in Vegas. Yeah. 40% of the, uh, of the market that, that, again, from his data, we're all cash buyers. Right. So if you're, if you, if you have, you know, if you have financing, it's kind of tough, you know, right, right. now. And it doesn't really matter what kind of financing. It's tough. You know, unless you have the, the cash or the capital to pay the difference between the appraisal or to waive your appraisal. So, um, you know, again, you, I always reiterate, you know, it's unfortunate news, but, you know, we'll keep moving ahead, stick to our game plan, right? Because I always have a game plan with my clients. Right, right. So you redirect positive forward thinking. This is what we're going to do. This one's off the table, but I communicated with that agent. If something falls apart, they're going to reach out to us. For right. now, okay. yeah. we're going to move on, right? It is what it is. Our lessons, we understand what we've learned. Let's move on to the next one. Right. And sometimes they'll have a conversation with you and say, well, I guess, you know, in the next one, we may be more comfortable coming up another five grand or a thousand bucks. 
Some, some buyers right. go through the process, but they have to go through it. I'm not the type of agent that pressures for more money. I don't do it. I don't, some people will, some people do. I want people to make their own decisions and learn through the process. My goal is to give understanding, my knowledge, so that they can make the best decision that's that for themselves. Because then there is no, it's very black and white, essentially. I make sure that, that it's all in their hands. And obviously I'm here to help them. I've got their back and everything. Um, so at the very, very end, I always restate, you know, do you have any more thoughts or concerns or questions for me before I let you go? And they, they'll either go on and say more or they'll say, no, you know, we're just kind of bummed and da, da, da. And then what I always end with is I reiterate, I understand this is frustrating. I understand this is tough. But you, again, you did a great job. And in the meantime, if you have any questions or any concerns or anything else that comes up after we get off the phone, understand I'm here for you. Feel free to reach out at any time, text, call, email, whatever you need. I'm here for you, okay? And then that's when I end the call. And then after that, give them space. Give them space. Don't go text them an hour later and say, oh, checking in on you. Give them time to process. Right. It's a plan and processing. It's a plan and process. It's what happened. What was the result? What are solutions and things that maybe we can do next time better? Let's and then give them some time and space and let's move on. Now, you don't want to give them days away because you'll lose them as a client. You got to maintain. Um, now, say with a home inspection. Same kind of same scenario. But with a home inspection, you got, you've got some more options. Sorry, my phone's ringing here. Um, so with a home inspection, you know, you've got more options because even if it is some big bad news, unless it's something that's like catastrophic, but there's options, there's different ways you can negotiate. So you can kind of deliver the bad news, but before you have that call with them, you should kind of already have a plan in place of here are some options and roads and paths we can go down to solve or resolve these issues. Right? If it's just chipping paint, you know, it's like that, that's a very small solution. If it needs an entire new heating system, that's a problem. You know, we got to find out if the seller can afford to, to fix it before closing. Or, you know, can we do, you know, time of year or service if people are busy? Can, can you do an escrow holdback? Right? Or does the buyer have the money and the right kind of financing where they can still close on that house where you just negotiate the cost of a new one being installed off of the, the purchase price? Right, so, so you've got all these different options and avenues with, with the home inspection. So you wanna make sure that you deliver the bad news and then you go over potential solutions. Because you don't, if, if you don't ha have potential solutions or, or an idea how to get past it, then you're just giving bad news with no result. Right, right. And so I'll branch off into that a little bit because um, essentially, Essentially, you know, the bottom of the line in layman's terms of what you're saying is the client that you're working with still needs to feel in control of the situation. They still need to feel as though they're powerful instead of powerless. When a person feels powerless and they don't have any options, nothing's working, that can lead to a lot of negative emotions, just like it does with your health and fitness, just like it does with your business, just like it does with your production, with your family, everything. When a person is powerless, 
that leads to a lot of negative emotion. And so with what you've just done by a number one, setting the tone for the relationship, number two, setting a time for news to be delivered. And then number three, pivoting the energy from the negative to the positive uh, solutions that can occur with you continuing to work with them and building the relationship and continuing doing what you do as a professional. What you've essentially done is you've kept a, a client feeling as though you and them are still within control of the situation, even though you may not be, <laughs> essentially, well, right? Yeah, I mean, and here's another example. I've, in the beginning of this week, I had two pretty large uh, transactions that had some major title issues that all of a sudden came to life. And I would say the average agent would have, those deals would have fell apart, I think, with an average agent. Right. What right. I did is obviously I communicated the, obviously what's going on with it to my clients. And what I let them know is right now we are in solution mode. We know of the issues. Now it's time to find solutions. I don't have the answers right now, but I am working on it. And it's what I let them know is, this is not over until one of the parties, the buyer or seller decides to give up. And me as an agent, I don't give up. I will continue to find a solution, if roadblock after roadblock until we get this to close because that's what I do. And, and now I also have this conversation with the title company. I also have this conversation with the other agent that's representing the other side because I want them to understand that, you know, my client, you know, has, you know, faith in me and in my ability. And there's always a solution. We just need to find it. So I let that other agent know I am diligently working on this. I'm going to continually diligently work on this. Please make sure that your clients know that we are working hard on, so, uh, you know, solving this problem. And ultimately, you know, you know, we appreciate your patience during this, right? Because now I want them to translate that back to their clients, where if I call them and say, oh, this is title issue, I don't know, what a pain. Like if you deliver these negative vibes, that is how they are going to relay that information back to their clients that you don't have any communication with. 100%, one, 1,000%, I agree with that. Which then makes your life as an agent a thousand times harder. And Excellent. It, I mean, Excellent. Even if, even if sometimes certain, sometimes you need to be assertive in a certain way that can kind of upset people because people don't always like to hear the truth. Right. So when you're talking now, this is, I'm talking about when dealing with another agent, right? Always, always, always end on a positive note. I always end a conversation, even if it was hard, I let them know that I, I appreciate the hard work they're putting in. I understand that this has been frustrating. This has been hard on everybody, but we're almost there. We only got one or two more little hurdles to get over. And, uh, and, and ultimately, I, I appreciate and I respect all the effort you've been putting in. And I appreciate you being able to have this conversation with me, even though it's difficult. Right. Because now you're showing them respect. You know, even yeah. if you had to explain something to them that they were wrong about. Now, I don't go and tell an agent, oh, you're yeah. absolutely wrong. I'll ask them question. You know, so why do you feel, why do you think this is that way? And if they say something that's inaccurate, I would say, well, you know, one thing I would advise is, you know, I just talked to the title company and this is how they updated me. So it's a non-aggressive way to deliver information in a way that they'll listen to you. So right. like you said earlier, like talking about the, 
the points of contact before delivering the bad news or however it is. If you get somebody in a reactionary mode, in an emotional state before you talk to them, or as soon as you talk to them, you're, you're kind of dead in the water. You know, you, when, emo, when high emotions are involved, whether it's positive, negative, whatever, it, it, it eliminates your ability to think rationally. So this stuff, takes, yeah. this stuff takes rational thinking. And it's a big deal because people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and there's agents that, you know, don't get paid unless things close. And you've got buyers and sellers or a seller that's waiting on a big fat paycheck so they can buy their next place or so that they can move to wherever they're going to move on. You know, basically they're in the next chapter of their life. Right. So, right. you know, it's, it's vital that you try to, you know, A, you got to remain calm as well. You know, you don't want to, you don't, I mean, in my opinion, you don't want to be the agent that gets so emotionally wrapped up in your clients not getting an offer accepted that that's being translated when you're giving bad news because you are the stability, right? They look to you for comfort. You're the one in the driver's seat. If a driver is historic, hysterically all over the road and crying and not paying attention, is anybody in that car going to be comfortable? Probably not. <laughs> no. You know? Yeah, very good so, point. So you got to be, you know, you got to be the leader in that aspect, right? You've got to be calm, cool, and collective, but you got to deliver it in a proper way that they know that you actually do care, you know, and, and I do care. I mean, but, you know, it's another, you know, I had this example the other day during my Keeler coaching and I was like, you know, we're talking about, you know, maintaining, you know, your poise, keeping your, keeping your head, doesn't matter what's going on. And it's like, sometimes people say like, how, how can a doctor or a surgeon come out here and deliver bad news about their child's surgery and, and not be crying or upset. Well, on the flip side, would you want a frantic crying upset surgeon doing the surgery on your child? Probably not. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. So, so it's, it's the same kind of concept. And right. you know, this, is, this stuff's not easy. And, and again, I came from the behavior world. I used to work as a behavioral specialist. So all day long, I was de-escalating people and incorporating new behavior protocols and taking data on, on, on really on beha human behavior to alter it in a positive way. And, uh, and number one thing, you need to be as predictable as possible, right? People need to know exactly how you're going to respond to things. You know, if you're unpredictable, they're going to be even more unpredictable. Um, you know, in preload, 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 make sure that people deliver the expectations, make sure it's very clear what you're doing and how you're going about things and preload them on the different avenues that could happen, right? Uh, another thing, final thing I kind of want to touch base upon is how do you fire a client, right? Not all, ready? I tell my agents, not all money is good money. Not all clients are good clients. Not everybody's a good fit. And sometimes you're not a good fit for them, but they might be a great fit for somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, how do you do that? Same thing. Send a message, try to reach out, communicate to them, make sure you're in a calm time and space when it happens. Don't do it right after the client might've done something bad or whatever. Um, you know, make sure you're calm, cool, and collected. And tell the truth. Tell the truth. You know, when you talk to them, say, hey, you know, I've just been thinking about this. You know, I've been trying to do X, Y, and Z. You know, to me, it's clear it's not working. And I just don't feel like I'm the agent for you. That's what I say when I have to fire a client. I've only had to do it, a, 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 you know, really a couple times. Um, uh, but I will do it. Right. And you should also do it if it's not good. Cause I know for a fact that I can handle, you know, a lot of transactions 
if, if they're the type of clients that I will work with, I'm, I'm kind of picky, um, which most agents would never even say that to, but I will, because I know that I can handle way more transactions that way versus, you know, I, I mean, I could have 12 things under contract, hiring agents, training agents, managing my company and all these other things, um, you know, while, while having new listings and stuff coming in, if I have, you know, if I'm screening my clients to work with the people that I want to work with versus having just two different clients and different transactions that are rude, pushy, whatever it is. Like right. if I had five things- Because the, the ones, the negative ones drain your energy. It, it, they take all your, they take everything. Time and energy. It, and yeah, that yeah. costs you more money to, in my opinion, in the long run. So yeah, I'd rather right out of the gate, if it's not working, yeah. it's like, don't, don't try to force a square peg in a round hole or vice versa. Like, right. like right. cut your ties. Not all money's good money. It didn't work out. Right. It's okay. And I also say the same thing to them. Like, it's okay. It's, you know, obviously I'm not the agent for you. If you really need to find another agent, you know, I might be able to help you find another agent. And it's like in this business, most agents don't do that. They try to get a, you know, even on a listing, you know, one of my agents just had to release a listing, had the guy for about a week and a half, showed the property, the guy loved, loved, loved everything. And then after the first weekend of showings, you know, he got, you know, my agent to overprice his, his property, which we never recommend doing and, and right. wouldn't allow him to show certain photos inside the building. So now you got less photos in the MLS. And then after right. it shows the first weekend, there's only, you know, maybe a few showings and no offers. And all of a sudden he's complaining that, you know, oh, you know, these photos are terrible and, and the, you know, uh, you know, why is this and why in that? And it's like, well, it's a very big red flag when there's only 12 photos, uh, when there's, when you're allowed to have 40 of them. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And this guy Fill was an agent <laughs> back in the day at one time. And, you know, right, oh, right. I, I used to be the top sales. No, he wasn't. He's right. lying. He's a, you know, he's right. a bullshitter. Right. It, yeah, you, have to. you can't please those type of people. They'll never be pleased. And, and to put yourself through the ringer with that, it's not worth, there's no pay that you can pay me. I don't care if you have a million bucks. You're not going to call me and be rude. Ain't going to happen. Right. You know? But I'll be kind to you when I, when I fire you. And I don't say it that. I say, you know, I'm just not the agent for you. I think it's time for us to go our separate ways. Right. You know? So, right. you know, there's just different ways to do it. But I always still leave it, you know, at the end. I always end email, text, person, phone, whatever. At the end, I, I, I wish them luck on their journey. And I truly do hope that they find the place for them and find the right agent for them to get them in the, what exactly what they want or to sell what they're trying to sell. Cause at the end, I don't want negative things for people. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't have to be negative. Right. People tend to dwell. It just wasn't the right. It, it just wasn't either the right timing or the right, the exactly. right situation. Yeah. Awesome. Paul, man, I, I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much for everything. Is there, is there any last final thing? We're, we're, we're coming to our time here. Is there any last final thing that you wanted to say? Or do you feel as though that you've, you've delivered everything that you wanted to say so far in this, in this talk? Uh, so the one thing I would say is the, the hardest part is delivering the bad news. Right. It's okay. Don't be afraid to be assertive and to deliver the bad news. You've got it. You can't avoid it. The longer you avoid it or the longer you try to stretch it out or whatever, the worse it gets. Everything's going to be okay. Deliver the bad news. Be positive at the end. Let them know you're here to talk to them if they'd like to talk. Give them space and move on. Right. Absolutely, man. Well, Paul, 
I appreciate it. As always, Paul will be here every single Friday to deliver more of these knowledge bombs on everything real estate. Uh, if you guys don't know, if you're watching this to the end right now and you don't know what the schedule is, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we go live with one of our high performance agents in our network to deliver, to deliver some of the best uh, mindset, you know, production, uh, success, entrepreneurship topics in real estate. I'm your host, Taj Howell. Thank you so, guys, so much for watching, you guys, and we'll see you in the next one.